Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Two, three people and say, welcome to church. Say, good morning. Say, you look better after worship. Say, thank God for the cooler weather. I mean, I, I always by this point every year, I'm like, I'm ready for January. I'm ready for the cooler weather. I'm ready for Christmas. Like, I don't know what it is about the years, but the moment it hits October, it's like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And it just like flies, flies, flies. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's fun. But I, I enjoy the cooler weather. I'm ready for it. I need it in my life. I'm ready to say goodbye to July. It's, it's going to be good. So, well, hey, if you missed it, we had our birthday last week, guys. We had our three-year birthday last week. Let's give it up for that. It was an amazing time, and we got to send Hubert and Emma to plant a church, and we got to send our very first thing, and man, on our journey, we hope to campus and plant and be life-giving, and, and uh, we, we're really, I don't, I'm excited for the fall, obviously, like like at some point we'll go to two services, so just prepare your minds and hearts for that. You know, um, I think we're maybe somewhere between three to six months away from that. And so, uh, man, pray, invest, invite. We are really moving away. God has been so good to us the last three months. Really, we we have just grown and added, and it's been a beautiful thing. And and so I, I'm I'm excited. Um, and uh, so thanks for being a part of the journey. The last three months have really really been special. And and celebrating three years was a milestone for us as a church. And I am just really excited for the next uh, year to come. And, and uh, I, I, think, I think COVID will be on its way out, fingers crossed, in Jesus' name. And I think we're just entering a brand new season, and you can just kind of feel that. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. So uh, today, we're, we're kicking off a brand new three-part series. We have a guest speaker, one of my good friends, Desmond Cook, the head of FCA down here in South Florida. He'll be preaching for us. Uh, and then we're going to have a special, like, not-so-scary Sunday for the kids on Halloween. It'll be a really fun uh, stand-alone Sunday. So this, this month is going to be a great month. And so uh, don't miss one. we got a ladies' event coming up this month. Uh, so our very first-ever City Lift Ladies event. Uh, I know it's going to be fun. It's going to be a spiritual investment in your life, and it's going to be good food. They're going to have a lot of fun, so that'll be exciting. Uh, so we just, got, we just got a lot going on. It's just going to be a good, a good month altogether. Today, uh, if you know me a little bit, some things I like to preach, some things I like to teach. And uh, today, we are going to slow down a little bit, and I want to teach on the person of the Holy Spirit. And so get your notes out. We're going to go through some scriptures. We're, we're going to look. We're going to talk. And I want to do a good job of breaking down the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about the roles of the Holy Spirit next week. And so really, if you can, if you can commit to the next three weeks, uh, man, it's going to be really good for you. Uh, I, one of the things that I've realized in, in modern church era, um, we, we do motivate a lot, which is very good, but we don't very often take time to teach doctrine. And we don't, we don't take time to slow down sometimes and, and cover some basics. Some of you, you probably grew up with this, and this is like, you know, you've had this maybe 10 times in your life where you're like, yeah, I've, I've got these basic doctrines. I've heard them from a child. Some of you, you're new to the faith, and this is going to sound very foreign to you and very new to you. And, and that's okay. I want you to know today if, if you're like, hey, I, I'm learning some things that I've never even heard before. I don't quite understand the concept of the Trinity, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. Uh, don't despair. Call me. Let's go out for coffee. And my job as a pastor is to make sure, you know, I've done, done my job to explain this word to you. And take me out for coffee. Uh, I'll buy. And uh, let's spend another hour together over, over a coffee. And I'll, I'll explain more because I want you to understand this. And one of the cool things about planning a church is you get people from all levels of this thing. We've got believers in here that have been believers for 20-some years. 
you know, and, and y'all are amazing. You're the OGs of this thing. And then I've got some of you that you just recently gave your heart to the Lord a year or so ago or even six months ago, and you're learning, and this is a brand new thing and a brand new experience. And so this is kind of fun being a, a body together. We're, we're growing together. So wherever you're at on your journey, I think you learned something today. Um, and But then if you're new, listen, write notes, and uh, let's go out. So that's, that's my disclaimer uh, for today. And talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and we wanted to call it goosebumps and not so scary on the Holy Spirit, uh, because I do feel like there's a little bit more fear over, over the Spirit than there is the Father and the Son. And today, it doesn't have to be, today we're going to dive in and talk about the Holy Spirit. And you can't talk about the Holy Spirit without first clarifying something that's probably incredibly important, maybe more important than all the other little things we're going to talk about, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, he's not a force. Um, you know, and you all have seen Star Wars, I'm assuming, right? Let's just be honest. If we had the force in real life, all we would use it for is, like, get our coffee cup and our remote. Like, that's, that's about all we would use it for, right? Um, but, but he's not a force. He's not goosebumps. He, he's not just a presence in worship. He, he's not a good feeling or a bad feeling. He's the third person of the Godhead. And, and when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, it's important to realize we're not interacting with an energy or a force. This is the person, the Holy Spirit. This is the third person of the Godhead. And, and the Trinity is one of two great mysteries in the Christian faith. Theologians say that we have two great mysteries of our faith. One is the Trinity, and the other is the virgin birth. And the reason these are mysteries, I think, is because we have nothing else to compare it to. For example, imagine trying to explain what chocolate tastes like to somebody that has never tasted chocolate before. Well, it's sweet, but actually it's, it's kind of bitter. It's solid, but it's really good melted. It, just when you think you've got it melted, you can stick it in ice cream, and it's not bad either. Uh, imagine trying to explain chocolate to someone that has never, ever tasted it before in their life. We don't have anything to compare the Trinity to because God is completely unique in the universe and there is no one like him. And so we always learn by like, oh, it's like this or it's like that or, and it's this and that. It's very hard to explain certain aspects of God because we have nothing else to compare it to. So when we say the God, the Holy Spirit is the Godhead and the Trinity and we're saying it's one God and three persons, that's a little complicated, right? So I want to just go over a few basic things for us this morning is that God is three persons. So really the doctrine of the Trinity, if you're taking notes, and this is kind of new, we're saying God is three persons. Each person is fully God, yet there is one God. It's, if you leave any one of those things, we start to get a little weird. But there's three persons. Each person's fully God. There is one God. The Holy Spirit is not a separate God. He is God. The Son is not a separate God. He is God, and the Father is God. So one God in, in divine God, and three distinct persons. And I know that's a little crazy, and if it's really complicated and you're new to this thing, let's go out for coffee and, and we'll go a little bit more. But, but I think so often our Christian experience, we begin to think the Holy Spirit is the energy, the presence, maybe a conviction, and we forget He is God on the earth. The Father is in heaven. The Son is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is here on the earth for the church. And I, and I know we all say, like, well, Jesus is in my heart, and that's true, but it's really the Holy Spirit is the one that has taken residence inside of you. You're the temple of God, and he lives in you by the Holy Spirit. So that's interesting, right? Uh, one, of, one of the most clear pictures of the Trinity we see is in Matthew chapter 3. And it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. They saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and alighting on him. And then a voice from heaven, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. So you see the Father speaking. 
the son being baptized and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. A uh, really cool Greek word called homoousios. And, and this comes from a council from back in the 300s A.D. And, and they said, whatever substance God is, he is homoousios. In other words, whatever the Father is, that's what the Son is, that's what the Spirit is. It's the homoousios of God. It's this co-equal, co-eternal. The Holy Spirit was not a theological afterthought. He was there from the beginning. He wasn't created. The Son wasn't created. You know, he's third in mention, but not third in importance or third in power. There's, there's co-equalness and co-eternalness of, of God. In fact, we see the Holy Spirit at the very beginning, Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our image. We see the Trinity. It's not just God saying God's, he's acknowledging the, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. In Genesis 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? The earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So the Holy Spirit, is not, he's, he didn't just show up in the, the church era. He was there from the very beginning, right? And so, again, some of you are like, yo, this is new, new. And some of you are like, I've heard this a hundred times. And hang with me. It's okay. So, so let's, let's go a little bit more on the person of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.27 says he has a mind. He has a mind. First Corinthians, not quite like our mind, but God has his, his mind, right? Like whatever that substance is. First Corinthians says he has a will. So he wills to do things. He, he has emotions in Romans 15 and Galatians 5. Uh, he has the ability to comfort in Acts chapter 9. In fact, if you've ever been comforted by God, wow. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know that he comforts. Hebrews 3 says that he speaks. He's able to speak to us. He, he teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, he can feel sorrow in Ephesians 4. He can be insulted, Hebrews 10. Uh, he can be resisted, Acts 7. And he can be lied to from Acts 5. So you can't do all these things with an energy or, or a force or, or a feeling, but a person, yes. And so the Bible is very clear. It teaches the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of, of the Godhead, and he is the one that is here on the earth that we are interacting with, right? And, and that's an important thing to note, and I, and I think when you kind of catch that a little bit more, it really changes the way you do Christianity. You realize, well, I'm interacting with the Holy Spirit of God, and he is helping me become like Christ, build a relationship with the Father. He's changing my being into the image of God. He's helping me follow and please Jesus. And, and I want to be, be open and real and, and rolling with that. The Bible says in James 4 that the spirit that dwells in us, he yearns jealously. I think this is fascinating to me because God is not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. That's a beautiful thought that the Holy Spirit of God Who's, who's amazing and powerful and pure and holy, wants to be with you this week. It's an amazing thought. I mean, think about all the times that we've let the Holy Spirit down, all the, all the times that we, we disobeyed, all the times that we made mistakes, all the times that we neglected him for Netflix, and yet the Holy Spirit wants to be with you. In fact, if I could have a pastoral moment today, uh, if your relationship with God is waning and feeling distance, Stop entertaining yourself and take that same time and invest it into your relationship with God. You don't have to take from your kids. You don't have to take from your work. Just take from that entertainment margin and be with God and watch what God will do with that. Amen. Nobody liked that, but that's really good. That's really good because we will entertain ourselves for three hours and we're like, well, I don't have time for God. Take a margin and, and invest that with the Holy Spirit and, and ask him to change 
your, your life. Um, what's, what's interesting is life without the Holy Spirit is completely necessary for the believer. In fact, I, I, Christianity is very dry without him. In fact, I think Christianity can, can swing to two places without the Holy Spirit. We either drift towards being a social club or legalism without him. You know, and so without the revelation of the Spirit, we just become a cute social club, right? Because he's the one that brings revelation of, of who Christ is. Uh, but without him, it's very easy to get very legalistic and religious because the, the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We, we, we have to have the Holy Spirit stage and center of, of this thing called the church. So and like in all quality relationships we have, uh, you want to steward that relationship well. And, and one, one of the pastoral questions I have for us, for you personally today as a church, are, are you stewarding the relationship with the Holy Spirit well? Uh, when was the last time we, we woke up and thought, how is my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Am I stewarding my friendship with him well? Right? What, what I've found to be so true in life is anything that I celebrate stays and what I neglect goes. Right? And if we want a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit and a relationship with him, are we celebrating are we investing? Are we making time? Are, are we saying, Lord, teach me today. Fill me with your spirit. I'm open to you. God, help me. I, I want to be more like you. Are we investing in that relationship? And if you don't get anything else out of today, boy, that one right there will probably, probably change your Christianity. If you can look at this as a person that you have a relationship with and investing in that, it, it'll change everything. I'm, I'm not a big morning prayer kind of guy. Uh, I'm not, I wish I was. I wish I could get before my church today and say every morning at 5 a.m., I'm up and I'm, I'm praying heaven down. I'm not. I'm sleeping. Uh, at 7 o'clock, I'm barely saved. I'm really not even saved. At 8 o'clock, by my second cup of coffee, I'm getting a little closer to, to sanctification, you know. And, and so I'm an evening prayer guy. I, I open my Bible in the evening. I'll pray in the evening. And, and I'll still watch some Netflix with, with Alyssa, right? After, man, after four kids, guys. You know, like you put them to bed and you're like, we are so tired. I want to watch a show. I got to detox from everything that I just went through. Dinner, bath, and bedtime is, is a little chaotic in my house. You know, it really, some, some nights it's smooth and some nights everybody's screaming, you know, and, and it just is what it is. And so it's like I, I detox a little bit. And then for me, that is my space where I'm like, I can open God's word. I can pray. I can read. And, and for me, that's, that's quite relaxing, that last half hour to an hour. And what, I, what I've found is God doesn't need, God knows the season of life that you're in. And so if you're like, oh, man, I need to spend two hours with God every day, probably unrealistic for most of us. But do you have 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes? I don't spend two hours with my wife every day. And, and that's okay. We, we've been together for 16 years. We don't need two hours every single day. But it's good to take 10 minutes or 20 and if a week goes by and we haven't spent any time at all, what do we need to do? We need to pause and go out for a little breakfast date or something and invest. So what I'm saying is not legalism. I'm saying investment. Find the space to invest in your relationship with God. And again, God's not demanding five hours every single day. But if you haven't spent five minutes with him in the last month, you're missing out on the things that God wants to share with you and wants to give you. Amen. Do you see what I'm kind of saying here? Do you see the, the tension of this? And so where's that, where's that margin that you can invest? For some of you, you're like 5 a.m. You're like, whoa, I'm ready. I love Jesus. I don't like you, okay? But, but I know that some people are morning people, and you just you get a lot from that, and that's your time. Some people, it can be your lunch break. For some of you, get the Bible app open, and as you drive to work, listen to the Bible you know, on audio, and that's your time. Whatever it is, find your sacred space. 
You know, Jesus talked about with, withdrawing and going to a closet. And what he means is like, find a time where it can just be you and God. In fact, Jesus, the Bible says, often withdrew from the crowds just to be with God. If Jesus, okay, who was perfect, needed to get away to be with God so he didn't lose it, how much more do we need to get away and be with God so we don't fall apart? There have been times, again, where it's like you're going through so much, and you're like, you know, if I can just get to be with God, though, I'm renewed, I'm strengthened, I'm freshed, God speaks to me, and all of a sudden, everything changes. I remember, I'll, I'll share this little story. Alyssa and I were three weeks away from getting married. We met my senior year of college, and, and we dated that, that whole year, and so I graduated, and I owned a backpack to my name, right? Like, that's all I had after graduating college. I was a broke college kid. My weekly food budget was $25 a week. Y'all, I had one box of cereal, one thing of milk, a couple cans of tuna, mac and cheese. This was the college senior diet. I'm like going to school. I'm working. I'm trying to graduate with little debt. I'm paying everything. It was, you know, some of you have been there. It's like it was I was squeezing every penny I possibly could. And so I graduated and there's a church in Indiana that I was pastoring that year and they wanted to hire me. Boy, had they hired me, we wouldn't even be here, would we today? But 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 I, I just felt in my heart. I was like, man, I just, it's a good, safe option, but I knew it wasn't God. Sometimes God is the risky option. Write that down in your notes, okay? Like, sometimes God is the risky option. And, and, and so it was, it was a good church. It was, it was a beautiful church. But just in my heart, I knew. And it just, I just knew it just wasn't what God had for me. And so, and so I turned it down, right? And, and, of course, you do that, and the next day you're like, I'm an idiot. What did I do? I had a church in North Carolina call me a few years ago, and they wanted to pay me $150,000 to be their pastor. Beautiful church, multi, several million in the bank, lots of land, and I like land. You, know, you can't find land in South Florida, y'all. Like you, and I love fried chicken and everything, and I was like, this is God, man. Like, this is God. And, and I remember the Lord was like, that's not your job. Yes, it is. Like, that's, that's my job. And, but I knew in my heart the same thing. The Lord is just like, that is not your job. That's for somebody else. You'd be miserable, you know. I've called you to play in a church. And, and you know, and it, again, I just knew that I knew, okay. And when I say that the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I, I've never gotten the audible voice. I've never gotten the trip to heaven, okay. I, 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 maybe one day, I don't know. But, like, I've never gotten that, but that still small voice on the inside. In fact, week number three, we're going to talk about the voice of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. How do we know, you know, because there, there, there really is peace. God will talk through peace. God will talk through his word. God will talk that still small voice. So, that, so we want to talk about the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, but I'd say I have learned in my life there are times that the Holy Spirit is talking to me, and, and I just need to be obedient with that. Um, and so I've learned, okay, i got to let this go, and, and I'll, I'll choose a thing. So sometimes God's a risky option. So anyway, I turned this job down, and literally two weeks before it was time to get married and move, a job opened up because someone was talking good about me behind my back. How many of you want people to talk good about you behind your back? So I had a person talk to another person that was talking to a mentor at the time. and was like, yeah, he needs a job. You know, what's he doing? He doesn't have his life together. You know, getting married. And he called one guy that connected me to a pastor that was hiring out in Oklahoma. And within one week, he hired me over the phone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, they must be desperate. You know, but we were there for three years. And check this out. That pastor, 17 years later, is still my pastor. We've talked every single month for 17 years. He's the reason I'm still in ministry to this day. And so God sent me for a job, but God ultimately sent me for that relationship. He sent me for that pastor. 
and God just made it happen. And so like a week before we had to prove income for the apartment, I had the job and I got to prove, prove income. So God, and you talk about, woo, you know, she was married to a broke man, you know, and, and, but it's, it's getting better. But I tell you, like sometimes God, see, God sees the, the end from the beginning. God has information you don't know nothing about. And that's one of the riskiest things about following God. God knows things I know nothing about. He knew it was going to work out, but I didn't. So what do I have to do? I have to trust. I have to trust. Have there been times in my life that I've missed the voice of God? Yes. Yes. And, I, and it hurt. And, and I might talk about that at some point, too. You know. So, but, but there have been times I've missed it. I knew that I missed the peace of God. I knew I missed the word of God. You know, I knew it, and, and, and man, I, I paid for it later, but there have been times I've heard it and I've received it, and it's been, it's been a big blessing. So let me go back, let me go back to the words. Does that, does that help a little bit today? I know I'm kind of meandering a little bit, but he, there is a relationship there. He's a person, and he wants to talk. He wants to be with you. Um, the Bible talks about this as very interesting. Because he's a person, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Let me read this passage with you today, um, and thank you for listening. Even though I'm teaching today, I know I'm not as entertaining as normal, but sometimes I want to slow down and and teach. I want you to get this. It says in verse 29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. Isn't it interesting that the Bible considers unwholesome talk something that tears somebody down? It's not just like the little swear words. It's like when my mouth opens up to tear someone down, God's like, that's unwholesome. That's not what I want. That's, that's something that's, that's hard to do, isn't it? Whew. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ and God forgave you. You mean the way that I treat my spouse can grieve the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. The, the, the stuff that's coming out of my mouth that grieves the, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And then it goes on to talk about all this interaction with each other. You know, it's, it's such a hard reality when you realize God loves my enemy. Uh, <laughs> come on, like, let's be honest. Christianity is hard to do sometimes. God loves my enemy, right? Like he loves the people I can't stand. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to live a life where I'm just grieving the Holy Spirit uh, of God. I want to I live and align myself so that I'm pleasing the Holy Spirit, not, not grieving him. The Holy Spirit is, is not weak. Here, here, and I want to say this, and I'm going to kind of wind down with this in the next few minutes. I think a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is, is weak, he's sensitive, um, and he, he's, he's not. He actually has phenomenal power and magnitude. Um, but, but how many of you know that sincere love has a soft side? See, when you sincerely love someone, you have a soft side for them, right? So, so when you fall in love, if you have kids, sincere love has that soft side. And so, so, so there's just that tenderness there. I think that's what it is. God is incredibly powerful. He's not weak. He's not a pushover. But there's sincere love for you. There's sincere love for the world. And so love has a soft side. And the Bible actually says it's his mercies, right? Like, like we're still here because of his mercies. He just, he doesn't want to wrap it all up yet because of his mercy. He wants people to know him and be in relationship with him. So Isaiah 40, we're going to spend the next few minutes on the scripture and wind down with this. But the Holy Spirit has magnitude. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, it says, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who's measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and his hills on a scale? Who's able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? 
Nope. Does he need instruction on what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket, the Bible says. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. The Holy Spirit has phenomenal magnitude and power. Yet it is this Spirit of God that loves you and wants a relationship with you. So he descended like a dove, but he's not a dove. He's not, he's not weak. He's, he's phenomenal. He has immense power and, and magnitude, but he his sincere love, and he, he cares and wants the relationship with you. Um, I was 17 years old when I gave my life to Jesus. Before that, I was struggling with suicidal thoughts. I was deeply depressed. Um, I, I was just kind of a mess in general. Gave my life to the Lord, and for the first time in my life, I felt God's presence. Um, and and I, I grew up Lutheran. There's nothing wrong with growing up Lutheran or Catholic or Baptist or any other denomination. In fact, our church is really an interdenominational church. We've got everybody, I think, from Calvinist to Pentecostals in here, you know, and, and that's kind of fun in its own way. Pray for me. I have no idea how to lead an interconnected church like that, you know. So, but, but it's, it's just a beautiful story. Of, and we're all umbrellaed around the person of Jesus and you know, but I, I remember giving my life to Christ and feeling God's presence for the first time. And others, that's a very common experience. You've grown up with certain things. And, and, but I just remember feeling immense love. I remember feeling liquid love. And I remember crying. And, and if, if you knew me, that, was, that itself was the miracle. Because the last time I had cried, I fell off the monkey bars in kindergarten and I cried. And it hurt really bad. I fell from the very top and it hurt. But from then on out, I mean, my dad, tough German, English home, we never cried. I mean, I'd fall off a truck, wouldn't cry. You know, I mean, I, he, he put me on a motorcycle when I was six years old, ran it right into a tree. <laughs> it was a little Honda, but it, I ran it right into a tree, didn't cry, you know, burned my leg on the muffler, didn't cry. Like, that's just, that was the home that we were in, no emotion. And when I got saved, it was like years and years of pain that the Holy Spirit was unlocking in my life, transformed me forever. I mean, forever. I didn't even care about people that much. I wish I, I wish I could say I was a very compassionate, caring person. I wasn't back then. Today, I wake up, and I, I'm leaning more and more toward people, and I have to simply credit it as the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. In fact, you can't hate other people when you get the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You just start finding love for difficult people. You didn't think it was there. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. But I remember just God coming in, and the very first thing that cracked off in my life was the desire to hurt myself. I don't know why I'm even sharing this, but I hope this helps somebody. And then the depression started getting a little less, a little less, a little less. Today I'm tired, but I'm not depressed. I have joy for the next day. Going through challenges, I still feel good. The work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I've learned, hey, get up in the morning and say, Lord, I love you. What do you want to talk about today? Open the Bible. Lord, teach me. I'm just open. I'm willing to be a vessel. God will get involved in your life. He wants to talk to you. He wants to be with you. Um, and and it's, not, it's not like a crazy schizophrenic thing. Not, not like that. I, I know some people are like, oh, God told me to do this. And then two weeks later, God told me to do this. Like, no, we didn't. Someone there, that's just your mind, sweetheart. Okay, like just God's consistent. He's stable. And the Holy Spirit will never tell you anything that disagrees with God's word. Okay, let me just put that out there so we're all make sure we're, we're on the same stable page here. He'll never contradict the written word of God because he's already said it. He won't say something else. Okay, so, so there's, that, there's that peace there. And, but I'll tell you, his voice, his, his moves, his presence, they always bring peace. And that was one thing I didn't have when I was 17 years old. God ushered in an era of peace in my life. Did I do it all right after that? No. In fact, I made some phenomenal mistakes the few years after I got saved. I, I wasn't discipled. I needed a lot of discipleship. Uh, and that was okay, too. 
But I'll tell you, the best thing, if you're new to this thing, if you've been saved in the last six months to a year, you're checking it out, one of the best things you can do is keep coming, commit yourself to a lift group, get around Christians, and ask questions. Ask questions, learn, grow, open your Bible. The book of John is a phenomenal place to start. Read John. Read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. It's all about how God loves you, and that's exactly what you need in this season of your life. Amen? Amen. So, guys, it is 12 o'clock. I just taught a whole bunch. I didn't get to the, all the things I want to get to. I, I want to pick up the roles of the Holy Spirit next week in creation and Jesus and the church, and I want to teach a little bit through that. Did you all enjoy getting something out today a little bit? I know I taught. I know I was quiet. I know that it was a little more teaching and silent, but I want you to understand some of these things. He is a person. You're interacting with the person of the Godhead. Amen? Let's pray real quick, and we'll, we'll close down today. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for being good. Um, Lord, we know that we're nothing without the Holy Spirit, that you've sent your Spirit to, to comfort us, to teach us, to remind us of everything that you've said. And we cannot do this thing called Christianity without the power and the presence and the, and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, pour out your Spirit. Lord, let, let, let a new relationship open up with your people. And uh, God, may they come to know you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. Uh, we hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow.